HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Irving Bottle and the Brooklyn Kitchen. This week, it's the season finale of Meet and Three. We're following up our episode about youth with a look at age and how aging affects life on farms and in kitchens. At the the most basic level, we need people to grow food for a growing global population. The question of planning for retirement or old age as a cook, it's almost one that doesn't exist bizarrely until it's too late. We also have a story about a food that might be older than you think. A recent archaeological finding might have CrossFitters everywhere reevaluating their diets. Plus, a story about one of Atlanta's most historic and risque landmarks. There are dancers that have been there 20 and 30 years. Don't miss our season finale of Meat and Three, available wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm David Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? <laughs> we're back. <laughs> we're back. We are back. We were away. We were away. Um, we were away twice in two weeks. True. True, man. Yeah. We went to Cleveland. We went to Cleveland, Ohio. You know what Tennessee Williams said about Cleveland? You told, you told <laughs> the audience last week. I'm going to tell them again. Tell them again. Tennessee Williams said, in America, there are three cities, New York, New Orleans, and San Francisco. All the rest is Cleveland. You know, Cleveland was awesome. Uh, I had a great time there. We had a very gracious host. Man, hosts. Hosts. The Wazes. Yeah. Stefan and Marie Waz. Amazing. From the yeah, Porco Lounge. Porco Lounge. That was great, man. We uh, we got to go down and hang out with a bunch of great people in that city. Uh, they toured us around and showed us the, the whole industry. Will Hollingsworth from Spotted Owl. Yep. The Spotted uh, Will. The Spotted Will. <laughs> um, Paulius we, from the Velvet Tango Room. Mm-hmm, yep. Adam uh, Lambert from Ohio City Provisions. Which was like a, the first thing that we did when we got there. The dude rolled us pasta to order and made us annulati with mushrooms and, and peaches, which was an odd but strikingly delicious com- combination. It was really cool, and it wasn't the last time I had mushrooms in that city. But also, <laughs> we uh, he made a uh, Fernet Branca sausage. A salami, yeah, with Fernet Branca. Dude, of, and that, that town that town runs on Fernet Branca. I, it's unbelievable. Like it's you know it's all fueled by the the passion of the Porco Lounge. Those guys yeah. really stand behind Fernet Branca. 
Really cool. We got to uh, grab a lot of interviews with... Uh, yeah, we took our remote equipment. Yep. Uh, from Heritage Radio Network. And we got a lot of audio uh, that we're going to edit down into uh, uh, an episode with. And oh, was I supposed to put batteries in that thing? Don't. <laughs> I know what you is had this, this Tales of the Cocktail 2012? Uh, yeah, I know you had that happen before. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, what a great time. We got yeah, a ton of good. audio. We're going to have a, uh, we're going to cut together a nice uh, pre recorded show that we'll blast out to the podcast. Strangely soon. enough, that was our first time to go on a trip together, like for the express purpose of, uh, of like actually going on a trip together. Yeah, yeah, we've been places at the same time, but we traveled together. We same, traveled together. Same plane, the stayed time. in the same yeah. place. And we were on our flight back. Yesterday? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Long day. And I was like, hey, man, what are you doing after the flight? Do you want to, like, grab a beer or something? You're like, nope, I'm opening up a new bar tonight. That's right. I opened up Windmill last night. It's probably why I sound <clears throat> pretty rough today. Uh, uh, yeah, blame it on the bar. Windmill with my, <laughs> my partner, uh, Pierre Moulin, and Luke, and Bourjou, and, of course, Max is in the mix as well. Um it's our new sort of Franco bar down in the Lower East Side. Um, a small menu of snacks and bites that are French-inspired, and a, a cocktail menu that is French-informed as well. So lots of cognac, Armagnac. Pinot de Chiron. Pinot de Chiron. Yeah, that's uh, my favorite. Cavados. Uh, we got Perrier behind the bar. We're Frenching it up. <laughs> uh, but it's a charming Dude, yeah. little space, So, uh, and we're kind of in a... You know, that time where it's like, okay, we cracked it open last night, but we're not opening tonight. We got to, you know, do some corrections. Yeah. Um, get some training. Um, we'll be probably, I'd say, maybe 60% throttle for the weekend, and then hopefully as we move into next week, we'll be 100% go at the windmill. Cool. Right on. Yeah, that's on... Clinton, South- 43 Clinton, 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 between Rivington and Stanton, just a few blocks away from one of my favorite restaurants, which Pierre owns, La French Diner. If you speak mm-hmm. any French at all, you know that means the French Diner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, lots of stuff going on in the Lower East Side. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, congratulations! I got to stop by last night. Yeah, you did. Thanks for I coming. Just had a beer and uh, you know got to check out the the space. Really cool. Right, it's comfortable. It's nice. It's uh, yeah. it's an atmosphere of conviviality and just hanging out and snacking and drinking. Yeah, man. It's gonna great be stuff. Good. It's gonna be great. Speaking of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Back to Cleveland. Speaking of Cleveland, our introduce guest, our guest. Yeah, today. our guest in the studio is uh, today is. Uh, uh, a native son of Cleveland, though he's embarrassed to admit it. Um, it's true. Uh, Freddie Sarkis of Liquor Lab. He's the CCO, the Chief Cocktail Officer of Liquor Lab. Hey, Freddie. Hi, guys. Welcome. What's going on? Not too much. Welcome. Thanks for the Cleveland shout-out. <laughs> you know, any opportunity to embarrass our guests. Nah, it's okay. that's, the, that's the way we run the show. I've been accused of being from Canada, uh, from being from, from Pittsburgh, Cleveland yeah. sometimes. You look like you're from Canada. I grew up there. Yeah. Southern Ontario, yeah, just on the other side of Niagara Falls. Yeah, you look like you're built for some cold weather. <laughs> Big, Certainly. bushy beard. You're ready to go. Uh, Freddie, what's going on, man? Talk to us about... Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Uh, oof, what do have you done stuff. and what do you do? <laughs> Professionally? I'm uh, just going to sit over here and finish this beer. You guys just chit-chat. Right. I, I, make, <laughs> I make drinks. I don't know if that's a thing you guys are used to. Never heard of here talk about well, it. We talk not. about that a lot, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so lately, I've moved, I've returned to New York, which is where I kind of cut my teeth in the beverage industry, though not in alcohol originally, originally with coffee. Yeah, you were a coffee guy. Yeah. I mean, I still am a coffee guy, just uh, I, don't, I don't work in it professionally as much anymore. And then uh, we, to open up Liquor Lab with some, uh, some really cool partners, we're doing some great stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Owen Myers, our CEO and founder, he brought me on to 
direct the beverage, the chief cocktail officer. We teach <laughs> consumer-facing liquor classes, or cocktail classes is probably a better way to put that. So it's it's, it's, it's like predominantly sc- consumer-facing. It's, yeah, totally, right? Yeah, I mean, we do have, we're, we're building out a little uh, industry-focused thing we do on Mondays, mostly just to allow people to get a chance to come play around with some of the cool tools that we have, uh, pour out some spirits, do some fun stuff that you don't get to do as much behind bars these days, unless you're, unless it's your bar. Right. If it's not your program, these days it seems to be a little less likely, a little harder for people who are in that second step, or like uh, your barbacks, um, you know, servers who want to jump behind the bar, or people who only have like one shift a week. Uh, I remember when we started out. I think maybe we just didn't know any better. <laughs> we jump behind a bar and just make, you know, grab a copy of Savoy, break it open, and make thirty drinks over the course of a night. Uh, now I don't know a lot of bars that really kind of permit that sort of behavior. Grand Army. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so like, when when you have these consumer faith, so before the show, we actually Southern had kind of mentioned something about uh, a video that he had posted. I think you said that you posted it on like social media, but like I posted it, was, it today on Facebook. So I was just after talking like, about a video about me. I'm like, I definitely don't want to see that. In my life. <laughs> I don't remember being in that. Nobody wants to see no, that the, video. I was like walking out of the house today on my way here, and actually I saw on. Uh, on my my table, the like Jeffrey Morgenthaler's latest book, and drinking distilled, drinking distilled, and it's kind of funny. Like as a professional, someone who like like you said, you crack open a book and you make th- thirty different cocktails from the Savoy cocktail book. Um, but that's instinctive to you. Like you can just like you read the recipe and you like fill in the gaps. And in the Savoy cocktail book, as many of the other classic cocktail books. There are a lot of gaps. They're, they're, they don't like throw all the the technique and theory back there. You know, like like with with drinking distilled, it's like it kind of, in a way, even like with the bar book, his other book, kind of like in a way, I don't want to say dumbs it down, but like he definitely like dissects it down to like here is what a lemon is, and this is a lime, and this is a right. nice, makes it, and this is a makes cutting it consumable, green. makes it makes it easy, right. easy to understand and easy to so read. So for for like the video that you were talking about oh, yeah. earlier, hilarious, you're saying that it's called fifty people. It's a, it's a, explain it's, it. To it's us. Epicurious, uh, which is you know a food foodie thing. I follow foodie stuff, of course, and they have this little video series. They're usually like three to four minute videos, and it's called Fifty People. Dot dot dot. Right. So this one was Fifty People Try to Juice a Lemon. Yeah, and it's just a, a cutting board is there, and a bunch of tools laying around, and a lemon, and one person at a time, just random average folks walk up, and there's a lemon there, and they say, "Juice this lemon," and the hilarity that ensues when these people don't know how to even approach a lemon, it's mind-boggling, and this is what we're up against. I am. It's curious to me after watching this video and having these people struggle to get five drops of lemon juice out of a whole lemon. And they're proud of themselves, yet they maybe get upset at the price of a cocktail. If they think that's the effort that it takes to get a teaspoonful of juice, they should think cocktails should cost $30 each. <laughs> yeah. No matter where. Cleveland. <laughs> Even in Cleveland. Even in Cleveland. Even in Cleveland. I was, I was going to say I disagree with your initial statement that's instinctive to open up the book and fill in the gaps. It's, for bartenders, it no, is. No, no, no. But, but that's my point. It's not instinctive for bartenders to start. It becomes instinctive over time. Well, that's what, yeah, as with everything. No, I, yeah. but that's, no, I'm that's saying, what I'm saying. We're trying, that's what we're doing is we're trying to build a program to fill the gaps, well, to take it, those people that aren't quite there yet. No, I would disagree with myself 
as well. But like, what I'm saying is like, it's a professional. Like, like, how do you disagree with yourself? Well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, all the time, basically. Yeah, it's real easy if you're me. That makes perfect um, sense. <laughs> but, but no, the thing is, like, as a bartender, like you or a chef, like when you read like a recipe in a cookbook, it's like, you know, you're like, all right, cool. An ounce of an ounce of lemon juice, for instance. Yeah. It doesn't, but you already knew how to like. It doesn't say how to get it. it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say <laughs> how, how do you, to get it. How do you? Yeah. It's well, in believe the lemon me, when chef. I, when I taught at the culinary school, you'd ha- you'd be making some doughs that involve ice cold water, and the recipe would say literally the words one cup of ice water, and you'd watch these students go get a cup measure and fill it with ice and water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then try and work that into a dough. I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> 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 you can. You can ice the water and then strain the ice out, and now you've got ice cold water. <laughs> I remember working in a kitchen and, and looking for orange juice for something very early on in my career, and asking the chef, "Like, where's the orange juice?" Yeah, we he keep it. Said, we keep it inside the oranges. It's in the oranges, <laughs> chef. It's in the oranges. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, but that—that's the thing. Is like, there's, I guess, there's a different. There's a difference in the skill level for what we do and what the home bartender does, right? So, like, the in that meaning, like, you know the consumer facing uh, classes that you teach. Yeah. So that's, like, that's very much, we do a very basic, like we even teach people like, this is how to shake, hold the shaker this way. Don't hold it like this. Don't hold it. Don't shake like this. Right. You'll look stupid. Shake like this. Like well, it's, yeah, it's there, there's the, you'll look stupid. But there's also the, you won't get the job done, but they don't care. They care much more that they look stupid than the drink. Right. Won't be great. Because they're in a really? room. Cause they're 100%. Wow. Cause, cause yeah. they're in a room. Oh yeah. I get it, man. Cause oh, because they're hosting to their friends exactly. and stuff like that. Sure. I, uh, I get it. They don't want to look foolish. Right. So you find... You it's find the same thing you get when you... You know, you understand this. When we put a, a drink on the menu or, or a food item on the menu that's foreign or difficult to pronounce, no one fucking orders it because <laughs> they don't want to try and wanna, say the thing yeah. in front of their friends or even to the server. They don't like, want to be corrected. They point it. They pick it up and point the menu. I'll like, have this one. The second one on the menu. Yeah, the Deep Pompelmo? Sure. Right? That's what drink on my menu for five yeah. years. No one can pronounce it. They say the second one, the grapefruity one, the one with tequila. They never say the name. That's why every time I'm in New Orleans, I I, I just stay far away from Chapatulas. <laughs> I just I avoid that street. Well, you like, just said just, it perfectly. But, well, that's because I've been there a bunch. Anyway, I'm joking. Come yeah, on, I got you, I got he's you. disagreeing right. with himself. Uh, yeah, I'm disagreeing with myself. Let's, I do. It let's often. talk it over I'm a grasshopper at Two Jacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're dealing with like a, a completely raw, and it's usually about 50 people in the room, right? You've got a great setup. I've been over there. Sort of amphitheater cocktail or amphitheater cooking class was what it looks like. That's with what all it was shiny tables after. and yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And there's like a, a setup for every student. Yep. Oh man, yeah. it's crazy! Like everything necessary for each class is on the table for the students. It's pretty there's, radical. There's little things we do. Like we make them. We make every table share a jigger. That way, you have to communicate with the person next to you. It gives mm. us a chance to put in a couple jokes. It also slows down the pace of the class a little bit. Uh, and, and it's sort of because we're positioned in a place where we work really well as far as like date night or team building, uh, corporate events, Oh, yeah, parties. I can see that for sure. So giving people a reason to kind of chat with each other and see what the person to the right is doing or left, as it were, rather than just kind of speed through their cocktail and stare up at me and wait for the next instruction, uh, which I always joke. We always get a couple star students, people who just get it or have made drinks before, right. who just not like, got it, quarter ounce of what's next. And the person next to them is like, I'm confused. Why is the jigger not working? I'm like, you're holding it up. You're holding it upside down. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't. The strainer doesn't work if you wear it like a hat. It needs to. <laughs> right. I've I've learned over the first couple of classes. We're like, oh wow, 
the amount of stuff that you're not wrong that we take for granted, like take how to get juice oh, sure. out of a lemon. For sure. That might be my next thing. You start everyone out with a lemon. You know, I, 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 I encourage one, you. One lemon on a table for like each, each I, group of four. Exactly. I, I and everyone's just kind of like staring at just, it with their. Just juicing by committee. Sure. I, I encourage <laughs> you to go watch this video I posted. You, the listener as well. This, this video, it's stunning. It's really shocking at how several of them walk right up to it and, and they picked up the lemon and they, they look right to the camera and they say, you know, I've, I've never juiced a lemon, which then I inter- interpret to mean you've just never juiced citrus ever. Not of any kind. It's okay. Because you, if you said to yourself, well, I've juiced an orange, but not a lemon, then you're still in the right park, right? right but, but these people never... look at it like it's a foreign object from a distant land. The slap chop is my favorite. The sla- yeah, there's a guy who tries to juice a lemon in a slap chop. And if you don't know what that is, please go watch the video. So, so to me, that also kind of that I'm kind of disappointed by that video, like by by humanity from that video. A little bit, you know, but you don't because, you no, don't know the, what you don't know. I no, get but it. The thing is, no, this is fucked up because if you don't know how to juice a lemon or any citrus for that matter, then that means that you probably don't know how to cook food in general. You know what I mean? So yeah, that means, you're not intuitive. And you need food to survive. So <laughs> yeah. if you don't fucking know how to juice citrus, like well, it so doesn't I, matter if it's for a cocktail well, just, or for as food. As far as cooking goes, I make the best reservations on the planet. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, get, I, I get that. I get both of those statements. Got a lot of, but I, got I, a lot of people on my phone that I can text. And I also feel like it. there's a... I think maybe what you're alluding to also is that there's this notion of like being... As Jeffrey mentions many times in his book, sort of being an adult, how do you? How have you gotten to adulthood, <laughs> and you don't know how to juice a lemon? Yeah, like there's the, the videos are great. They're like fifty there's, people make vinaigrette, and people are just dumbfounded of this thing that has three ingredients. You know, like they're just out of their depth. But like making vinaigrettes, like way different than juicing a lemon. Sure, I think. but you know, but like there, there's you might a have book. to juice a lemon to make a decent vinaigrette. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, like, like, but there's I a think book. it's like rules of gentlemanliness. The you very, should know how to pop a cork on a champagne bottle. You should know sure. how to. There's a book that shave your face with a razor. Easy, sure. <laughs> but don't don't do, don't tell me anything about that. I don't want to know. Say, you got the wrong I'd rather crowd. not know. <laughs> but, but you know how the both of you know. But, how. but there's a book that was in the very first bar that I ever bartended in, and it was thirty things to know how to do before you turn thirty. And one of them was how to properly light a fire, like a, sure. a campfire. Sure, those are things you should. One know. of them was like how to fold a fitted sheet. Yes, you know, I agree with that. And I. And if I recall, like how to change a tire, it's like yeah, there should be things kind of you just kind yeah. of know. A fucking lemon, man. And I was gonna say perfect <laughs> specs for white ladies. Something it's in that book too. It yeah, weird. it was like totally like <laughs> kind of random, book. but I was like I agreed with it. But yeah, that's just <laughs> no. Actually, you know. I think one of the things was like how to make a bloody mary. Um, and I, I, I'm not joking. I think that was actually in the book, but it's been almost two decades since I've seen that book. Sure. Anyway, for me, it's 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 tie. I'm flabbergasted by the number of adults that tying don't know a tie. how to tie, tie, a tie. tie a tie, or can only do the, like the the whatever it is, the four in hand, the really basic tie. Yeah, and the that's it. Or single Windsor, sure. Yeah, yeah. whatever it's um, whatever or it's called. Whatever. yeah, I, I don't know. whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, but no, it's it, I don't know. That's I, sorry, we're going. We're kind of getting off on a weird tangent, but yeah, I like it. But I like it too. At the end of the day, we both we all kind of agree. Just get off our lawn. Get, get yeah. off my lawn. Yes. Slow down. Uh, angry uh. radio shaking. <laughs> angry radio station shakes fist at clouds. Uh, so, that's the but, new meme. But so like that is 
that is a lot of the the students that you have, right? You're you're kind of like taking it down to basics. Like these, it's yeah, kind of these like guys more have, entry have level. not even got close to making an omelet. They haven't even cracked an egg, right? It, they're they're with the beginning, them, beginning, yeah. beginning. It's a really fun group. It's a it's a mix because we definitely get people who are there to learn, and we definitely get people who are just there to have fun. To have it's an activity. It's like a paint and sip night, except with with cocktails, and then they get to Instagram it afterwards. Uh, and then there's a good mix. We get people who've come to several classes, and they're they're really fun because they're excited about what they're going to do this time. Yeah. Um, but even when you're going through the basics and stuff, continued I, education. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's that I hate the word, but it's kind of cute. Is edutainment? Sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally get that. I mean, yeah. we I I hold classes at Amoria Margo from time to time by reservation only, and it's the same thing. I'll have a class of 15 people and. Seven of them are there to like take notes and learn about tomorrow, and yeah. seven of them are there to get liquored up with their buddies, <laughs> yeah, and have a great time. And it all it always works. It totally hey, works. That's what we do every week. That's that's my favorite thing. <laughs> On that note, Let's we're about halfway break. through the show. Let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. And I want to talk more about this because I know that you brought something for us to try. Also, I want to I want to talk about like what the cocktails are that you put yeah. in this class. Like, yeah, sure. How to let's, get dive in, let's get a deep dive into Liquor Lab with let's Freddy Sarkis when we come back. <laughs> this episode is presented by Irving Bottle, an approachable and affordable wine and liquor shop in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Irving Bottle focuses on natural wines and high-quality spirits, that are delicious, unconventional, and a good value. Ask about their weekly Wednesday tastings, 10% case discounts, in-store pickup, and free local delivery. Visit them online at irvingbottle.com. This episode is also presented by the Brooklyn Kitchen, a recreational cooking school on a mission to change the world by teaching people how to cook like grown-ups. With two locations in Williamsburg and Sunset Park's Industry City, the Brooklyn Kitchen hosts a range of public and private cooking classes, corporate team parties, pop-up dinners, tasting events, and local rentals for film and video shoots. Learn more at thebrooklynkitchen.com. Back, you're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Today we have Freddie Sarkis, the, the Chief Cocktail Officer, CCO, <laughs> at, nailed it at Liquor Lab. I think we get a hat that says that. Yeah, yeah. just fucking CCO, man. It's awesome, <laughs> it dude. Awesome. So we were talking about. Uh, well, we talked for about 15 minutes about lemons uh, <laughs> in the first half of the show, but I'm gonna, also I'm gonna uh, crack open this mason jar. What's in here? You yeah. guys keep talking. Well, so uh, we were talking about the liquor lab and what you do. You're teaching like cocktail classes to kind of like more like entry level people. Then like some people come back and you've got like they start advancing and they get really excited about it. Uh, we talked about like a little bit about like just, like the technical side of like you know juicing a lemon or making like cutting a peel or like uh, jiggering, shaking, stirring. 
What are the the examples of the uh, like the cocktails that you throw in the mix to get people started? Sure. So our most uh, sorry, and also one of them, if I don't, if if it's not uh, too intrusive to like ask this, is one of your main things uh, getting people like to understand the difference of shaking and stirring a martini. One hundred. Well, I do it with an old fashioned usually. Yeah. Um, sometimes with a Manhattan depends. We we generally will do. I do it with a daiquiri. Oh, that's you interesting. Give, you give someone a stirred daiquiri, <laughs> and versus a shaken one, and with the same ingredients, same amount, same everything, they you, it gets the message across. I go the other way. People <laughs> people seem to be really into old fashions these days, and a lot of people Truth. will come in and say, "Oh, my, you know, my favorite drink's an old fashioned," uh, and then I'm like, "Oh, great!" And then we talk about them, and they tell me where they they'll order them. Like, "Oh, we order it everywhere," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I just did. <laughs> you see someone shake your old fashioned, order beer. Um, and let me show you why. Absolutely. And then we, we make our old-fashioned in class. And then after we've made it, I shake it for literally two shakes and then re-pour it. And it, it looks terrible. I have somebody, I have people taste it. They're like, oh, this isn't good. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, I told you. But sometimes it's it's nice to have a, an actual proof of, you know. Yeah, yeah, proof of concept. Proof of concept. Sells it every time. Yeah. And our, our most popular class by far uh, is uh, is our margarita. Anything with margaritas in it. People love to come. We'll do different sure. variations. I mean, of isn't it still like the number one ordered cocktail in America? It is in yeah, North was, America, not just America. Thinking, North America. Yeah, I was thinking that old fashions would might overtake it, but I don't think they have. I don't think we'll ever get there. No, no. We, I mean, we live in a bubble. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's, that's us tiny thinking. Oh no, no, you no. I, I mean, when I travel, when I go to like you know, when I go to Pittsburgh or if I head down to Texas or or wherever, the old fashioned still like is is everywhere. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it outsells, ideas, but especially in Texas, the margarita is yeah, still sure. reigning, the reigning champ. Yeah, well, I wonder if they're counting like some variation of. I feel like if you, the spicy margarita is something people are really into these the days. Margarita, the mezcal rita. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's too much. Just lots of hyphenating. But I used to always that would just be my thing. We don't hyphenate words. A margarita is a, is a thing. It's a cocktail. Well, nah, eh, we'll yeah. hyphenate it. It's fine. You got to bend to the wheel. Espresso martini. Yeah. And espresso, espresso margarita. No, espresso martinis are making a comeback. Espresso margarita. Why not? You got that Patron coffee. Uh, Get in there. Yeah, we call it the... We, oh, it's actually... actually hold good. on. Wait. That's a that's a cocktail we do. We call it the, the breakfast margarita. But we, we make a... <laughs> I teach they're all for breakfast. Are you doing a bit right now? Or no, you? you think so. <laughs> but that's my point. You make stuff digestible so people can <clears throat> read it and understand it. Mm-hmm. Is it something I would... I wouldn't print it like that on a cocktail menu, but... In this case, it sort of works out. People like it. They, they know what it is. And, and coffee and tequila have great flavor synergy. Shake it with yeah. an egg. <laughs> Do a flip. I've got some bacon bitters. Yeah. Too Shit's far. getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> We've no, touched like, on some of the advanced stuff. We actually have a class we call Next Level Shit. We put a little asterisk <laughs> That's the name of the class. That's the name of the, sh- the, of the class, yeah. Nice. That's our, uh, and that's kind of into advanced technique. Um, the problem is the first time we launched it, we just put it on the website and people were just wanted to come to liquor lab classes. So it was like 70 plus percent uh, or even maybe 90 if I remember it, first time attendees. I was like, oh, this is not. Like jumping right into the next level you. shit? Yeah. You kind of have to have like a, a setup where it's like. You can't take this till you, you take until that. Until you take yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, I'd like to roll out. Graduate. I always say like a, like the 100, 200 and then master class series. So people understand just as a, a, a precursor. If you come take it, if you'd like. You know, we'll we'll take your money, but just know you'll have a better we experience. We accept money from right, our if, patrons if you come to one of our other classes first and get the basics down. Yeah, what do you think? So, like, kind of like like scrolling back a little bit, the uh, that setup with with teaching like like kind of like newbies, like entry level people. Like, how many of the 
how many of the people who come to the class are uh, actually interested in you know because we talk a lot we've talked a lot in the past about like people going to bartending school well, right I'm teaching bar methods later this month right right which is is I teach a class it's my third year teaching it and I teach stirring Stirring. Stirring. But that's entirely industry-focused. Right? Entirely industry-focused. Well, and, that's I'm with, and, I'm dealing with, and I'm dealing with people who are 101 level. And when Chris Bidmead asked me to teach the class the first year, he said, I said, how long is the class? And he said, an hour. I said, I have, to, I have to come up with enough content for an hour to talk about stirring. Clockwise, counterclockwise, left hand, right hand, done. Right? And then I got, I got started digging into it, and I started really thinking about the theory behind what I do every damn day. So you only and I reached back things. out to him, and I said... <clears throat> Can I have more time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said, no, it's an hour. So I teach an hour-long class about stirring. Now, now I, te- I teach stirring, and in, in, I always make a joke that I that I teach stirring. It takes about half an hour to get people to practice when I'm consulting and go in and make them start with rice. Uh, and Wait, then I teach it. start with rice? What yeah. is that? Oh, it's it's uh, uh, it's uh, just sociopathy. It's uh, <laughs> you start If you can stir rice, you can stir just about anything. It's the thing they do in, in, in Japan, shake and stir with rice, especially because if you make a mistake and Stealing spill it, that. it's a devil to clean up. Stealing it. So it forces a little extra focus. Forces focus, forces some... So you fill a, a, a yari with rice. Yeah, no, three I mean, quarters, obviously... Three quarters of the way up or whatever. Just a little bit, right, exactly. And, it gets you, and then when you're shaking, same thing. You can feel it a lot better than you can feel the ice as you're getting stuff moving in there. So taking all that information and distilling it down... Distilling it into a one-minute spiel, right? So I say, I tell them, I'm like, I'm gonna teach you how to stir. Uh, I'm gonna teach you in 30 seconds. Normally, we spend a little more time on this, uh, but that's the the liquor lab method, right? So, Taking that, having that experience that we have built from behind the bar, and finding the most efficient way to transfer it to people in a fun right. environment where they're gonna retain. So it. it sounds to me like, I mean, like obviously, like you've got a lot of people who are like kind of like entering into this blind or like they, they with without any previous experience but you've got a lot of theory behind it to back it up so like i was what i was going to ask before is like how many of the people that take these classes are like what's the percentage of people who are doing it for advancement to potentially get into the industry so that i i i warn people against to be honest i tell them this is my usual spiel you wouldn't take a cooking class at sur la table then roll into danielle and submit your resume Right. Right. The same thing is here. This is for fun. This is to learn some basics. If you have an appetite for more, you can reach out and we'll direct you to where to go and give you books to, to buy. Sure. You could uh, point them to bar methods or ex- bar five day or whatever level they might be ready for. Exa- I usually just point them to cocktail bars. <laughs> I'm like, go to a bar, sit down, observe bartenders. Right. Engage, buy a take notes. Books. Right. Um, but for the most part, I don't think anyone is under the impression that we're we're giving that level of education that, that after taking five liquor lab classes, you're ready to jump behind a bar somewhere. Right, because you're not selling sure. it that way. Right. I do think after taking five liquor lab classes, you can make some pretty amazing drinks at home, entertain some friends, have a little party. Well, I, I like what you said about the, like, go to, a, go to a cocktail bar and sit there and watch. Because I think observation is the greatest tool, like, that a lot of people, like, a lot of people aren't born with the, the gift of observation, <laughs> you know? Like, you got to read the fucking room. You know, like, that's... Observation also is a key element in the idea of hospitality. Like, if you're not listening, if you're not seeing, then you're you're failing. You know, right. like in, in hospitality. So, like the same thing. Like when when I mean, I certainly like when I started bartending. Like when I first started, when I realized that I wanted to bartend, I did that. I went to, I mean, it was Oklahoma City, and it was like 
15 plus years ago and there wasn't like a lot of like cocktail bartending happening but what i did is i went to all my favorite bars and restaurants and i would sit there and i would watch the bartenders and the servers and the host and the managers and i would see how they like ran the room you know so like there's and some of that is uh i mean it's good that you tell your your students to go do that you know go check it out like what do you like about this place do you even know like <laughs> like right this is my favorite bar what do you like about it? Be able to uh, articulate what you're seeing. If yeah. you're not, if you're not able to articulate it, then you're probably not being observant enough. Right. Speaking of observant. Oh, there's a drink in front of us. Yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, a friend of mine in Seattle reminded me that it was Black Tot Day because I was all caught up in the yeah. plane flight and opening up windmill. Sure. And I'm glad she did. Jen Aiken from Rumba. Uh, reminded me that it was Black Tot Day, so I, I, I drank some rum yesterday. But on the table, Freddie, you brought us some rum. I did. What do we got here? This is the... This is some liquor lab action? A little bit. I was experimenting with some stuff. Uh, experimenting in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> so what this is is pineapple-infused Ray and Nephew. Uh, and the, the goal was to come up with some fun stuff to do for summer rum drinks that people can do at home. And the idea was we soaked uh, pineapples in Ray and Nephew for 24 hours, then took the pineapples out and soaked them in simple syrup, for 24 hours and then pulled the pineapples out from there and cubed them. So you have a candied rum infused pineapple for garnish. You have a really, I'm, I really love this syrup. This, uh, uh, basically like a pineapple syrup with these, with these big rum ester kind of notes to it. And then this, of course, the actual pineapple infused rum. Summer rummer. Yeah. Man, this is not a bummer. Dangerously delicious. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's dangerously delicious. It tastes fresh and spicy at the same time, and it's got some certain some heat on there. That's Ray and Nephew. Mm. Rum. Man, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> you know, so this is kind of like some of the stuff, like some of the kind of like bartender hacks that you teach at the class, right? Like, yeah. It's like, don't overly complicate it. Here's some cool shit that you can do in, a, in like kind of an easier way. Oh, yeah, 100%. We try to keep things to a certain... Again, a level that where you can do this at home at a party without having to spend half an hour to prep, without having to, to do a bunch of, uh, you have a whole table of, of ingredients and tools laid out. Just but, some simple, basic things. But that's the thing. That's, that's kind of what kicked off our conversation today before we got on air. And I mentioned that video where these people can't even juice a lemon. And you're like, it's so simple. Just just do this with a pineapple and then do this and then do this. And you've got these three things. Like That, that seems like, man, if we, if we know this of the average person... Then that's not simple. Simple to us. You you barely explained it, and I'm like, I got it, I'm, right? Sure. So in in the class, we'll explain it a little more detail. Of We're course, like, make sure but... to take the skin off the pineapples and remove the core. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first, <laughs> no, no. I think it starts with first. This is a pineapple. <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this is, is rum. You know, you should have you should have them walk in and have SpongeBob lids have, and have three <laughs> have just three simple fruits on the, on the table, and one of them's a pineapple, and see which one they pick up. <laughs> right? There's an avocado, a dragon fruit, and a pineapple. P- please pick up the pineapple. <laughs> the the one that the one that trips people. Let's see what happens. The one that trips people out, and that a lot of them aren't willing to admit it, is passion fruit. Uh, it's fun to play with alternate cit- yeah. citrus and passion fruits. While fresh passion fruits kind of inaccessible, it's very easy to get some high quality purees. So we use it a lot, and then whenever we start, I go, "Who loves passion fruit?" And everyone puts their hand up, and I'm like, "Who likes how sweet it is?" People keep their hands up, and I'm like, "Just so you know, super tart. Passion fruit is super tart, a little bitter, right?" Yeah. And then we have it in a puree, and I'm like, "Go ahead." Put your spoon in there and taste it. And you and the looks on people's faces. It's great. But, I mean, the drinks end up being delicious and people are into it. And we're not trying to shame anyone. But on the same hand, yeah, it's to me, I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh, 
it you you love this so much you don't know anything about it yeah cool. uh, we get that all the time yeah you know the the thing about like this kind of an infusion and this is pineapple infused rum is wildly useful and very versatile right so you can use it in punches you can use it in daiquiris i mean we're drinking it on its own it's fucking delicious um but also to me like especially for like some of the students for your classes, like this is something they could do at home and then they can like, like they could gift it to like their friends. Oh, for sure. You know? And like when we were at Porco Lounge in Cleveland, um, Stefan, the owner, he, uh, he has a, a huge collection of like antique crystal decanters and was his dad? His dad was collecting them. Yeah. He was collecting them and he, he would buy like the cheap, he really just, fucking cheap ass whiskey. He would buy these decanters for like a buck a piece at estate sales. Right. Fill them with uh, like cherries and cinnamon sticks and like cheap ass fucking whiskey, and then he would gift those to people at like Christmas time. And it would blow their minds. And it would blow their fucking minds. <laughs> right. And he, he put in you know some effort, but like total out, total outlay of, though. total outlay of cash is pretty low. Yeah. Right. And he's making this thing that again you and I think are simple, but the people he was giving it to were like. Mind blown. Yeah, no, that's how did you do this? You're an (laughs) alchemist. I know, I just got that text too. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, like, but that's the cool thing is like, I think the the real takeaway from like from people taking like cooking classes and and cocktail classes that aren't in the industry is that what they take away from it is like when they're at home. I certainly did this when I when I had my house in Oklahoma City, I, before I got into the industry, I would I would have people over and cook and make cocktails for them. I wasn't a professional, but you know what? It was what I wanted to do as a host. So like a lot of people, like when they, they come to these classes, it's something they can take back and they can entertain their friends. Absolutely. And then, and, then and that's we, what it is, the cocktail party, you know? And then we yeah. also, this is something that's always been a passion of mine. I've always said, ever since I started in the bar industry, was getting people to drink better yeah right just step outside of their their your little the little vodka soda box and try something more interesting you don't have to like it you can go back to whatever you had before but at least try it and we found yeah. that slowly over time I, that culture has kind of spread out it is uh, you know i find it's very uh interesting how many people are easy easy targets willing 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 to try a food they've never had before to drop 15 bucks on an appetizer of something they don't know a single ingredient in Yet there's a lot That's of hesitation. the way you present it. There's a lot of hesitation for people to spend 15 bucks on a cocktail that they're unfamiliar with. And I'm curious why that's so prevalent. Mm. Well, I think going back to what we said before, it's like at the very base level. Because food's just food. Alcohol is going to make you feel good no matter what. Yeah, but you need food to survive. You don't need alcohol to survive. True. So, like, there, there might be some sort of underlying. I don't know about you, but I need alcohol to survive. Well, I need. I need it to get through the day. <laughs> that's survival, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, so we that's that's the other thing is that kind of that added bonus is that it, it does tend to make people a little more uh, accepting of stuff. People have said to me, you know, we've all heard this a hundred times. Oh, I hate gin, but this is great. Or you know, or I'm tequila. not I'm not a whiskey drinker, but this is I really like this. Yeah. And then we encourage them to order those drinks and go out and try stuff. Um, you know, we do a riff on a penicillin for our New York iconic cocktails menu. And then I always tell people about Attaboy, and, and we also do a riff on the Gingin Mule. Mm-hmm. And we tell them about Pega Club, which is right around the corner from us. And then people tell me after class, oh, we're going there. I'm like, great. That's awesome. So they're going to go somewhere that they haven't been. They're going to order a drink they haven't had before uh, because they had a version of it 
or something and it might be a little outside their comfort box and that makes me really happy yeah yeah that's what it's all about it is fun to move people into into a place where they're a little off balance but then you delight them in some way and then they find their feet again yeah I, and I then think... you know what they do they tell their friends yeah they yep, do exactly I assume that the overwhelming majority of your classes are run on that fuel. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You got 50 we, people in the room, and then they have a great time, and they go tell one person each that surely you land another class because Yeah, of I mean, without, without trying to you know, sound like we're tooting our own horns, I've literally That's never what this had... show's about. Toot I've, your horn, circus. <laughs> never had anybody... I've never had anything other than that at Liquor. We've never had anybody seem remotely dissatisfied with anything we've done. Which is that's really a, exciting. That's a fucking yeah. That's a fucking <laughs> great feeling as yeah. a business operator, like to have to to have a one hundred percent success rate. It, yeah, it, it really sure. feels like a yeah. I mean, it's awesome. That's great. But they're getting they're getting an experience. They're learning something, and they also are still getting the drink. Oh right? yeah, one hundred percent. Whether it's good or not, they're probably going to feel <laughs> like it's kind of good because they made it. And that's I'm a, proud of yeah. myself. Look what I did. That's a big part of it. Right? I got four ounces of tequila and a quarter ounce of lime juice. This is the best margarita ever. Well, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's every customer. Because I made it. <laughs> well, not only that, it's like, <clears throat> that's the greatest flavor of any dish or cocktail. Human. Is. Oh, I thought yeah. human was the greatest yeah. flavor. Human. Yeah. Long pig. No, the, the greatest. Long pig. The greatest flavor is, the greatest spice of it is getting what you asked for. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when someone orders a gin gimlet and they're like, I just want a gin gimlet, but I don't want any sugar. I want two ounces of lime juice and like four ounces of gin. And I just want it shaken. Don't double strain it. Right. Uh, you know, I want it in, I want it in a wine glass. I want it, I want it in a, <laughs> uh, not in a coupe. I'd like I want it in an empty SpaghettiOs can. Yeah. Mostly clean. I would like but, perfume but if you get with, with a plum like, served in a man's hat. You've seen it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done it. Served in a man's hat. Simpsons yeah. reference. But the. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the uh, the thing is, like, you get had those customers that. who they they're like, if you try to talk them out of it, you're like, that's gonna suck, <laughs> you know. But then they're like, this is what I want. Like you've insulted you just make their it being. Like, yeah, how dare you? This is and you and make it to for be them, fair, and it sucks. But they like it. But yeah. they love it and because we, and they then, got what they asked for. And then they say, you know what? Let me try it your way. Try your way, exactly. <laughs> yeah, then they, Let me try one of your house. I like yours too. Yours is good. Next time I'm just gonna order that. Yeah, <laughs> this is okay. Yours is gooder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding. So, well, Freddie, talk to us some more about Liquor Lab. How do you get? Uh, how do you get into a class? What, what do you got to do to make it all happen? I was gonna say I need to find an excuse to say liquorlaboratory.com like seven times. <laughs> say it. So that's one. Um, <laughs> so if you go to our website, which liquorlaboratory.com, which I can never remember how to spell, so I always say liquor laboratory. Yes. Does that, that help you? It's a laboratory of love. <laughs> Matt chimed in once. We got five, I think. Right. On board. We'll get there. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, on there we have our class schedule. You can just click through. We have a second location in Southampton that's running for the summer Ooh, as well. Fancy. Yeah. You can get some Rhea. Hampton action. It's uh, <laughs> the Hamptons are exactly like you think they would be. No comment. Yeah, they're really fun. Um, <laughs> a lot of sun. <laughs> a lot of sun. Well, as, as long as the sun's out, anyways. It's a lot of fun. It's a really fun area. Oh, Southampton. Mm. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> um, and then we're uh, so yeah. On the website, we have a calendar. On the calendar, we have all of our events. Yeah, all your schedule. So uh, you mentioned that your most popular one is margarita, but what other do, things do you offer? Uh, well, so like I said, we've got and like the... in a margarita class. You're not just making a margarita. You're no. making like some variants and you're four, teaching four different variants. There's there's, so, there's a thread of how this works, and now you've learned how to make margaritas. Absolutely, and it's and, it, and the the menus 
all kind of are progressive where it's not, you know, we're trying to be mindful of not putting, like, don't start the class off with, and then I've heard conflicting theories on this, but I don't like to start the classes off with big, heavy stirred drinks and then finish with lighter cocktails. I kind of do it the other way around. Um, I think that's a little better. Things mm-hmm. like that that kind of progresses. Sure. No, uh, that makes sense because, like, if you go big and heavy at the beginning, you kind of, you might experience palate fatigue mm-hmm. or, or Plus, for a lot of our consumers, right? there's <laughs> that too. Plus, for a lot of consumers, I want them to kind of warm up. We- to yeah. get into their Manhattans, not start with their old fashions and then right, right. kind of simmer down after that. And then teeter off. Right. Yeah. So we do an iconic New York cocktails class, which I said is four drinks from that we've I've picked from New York that I think are iconics, two modern classics, two traditional classics. Uh, and then we do, um, we've got a summer cocktails class right now that I like a lot. Uh, we have a Negroni class. Oh, man, I want to do that. <laughs> I yeah. love Negronis. Yeah. We actually have our first... On, I, I don't want to misquote the date, but I think the 18th, we're doing our first brunch coffee class. We're going to get, uh, we have French presses for everyone, so everyone will be pressing their own coffee. We'll be going through a little coffee service first. And then getting back to your roots, cocktails. coffee man. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, uh, and then, I mean, we haven't scheduled it yet, but Damon, I'm going to go teach a class over there. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. That'll be the first of our... About my book. Yeah, book series. I'm just here for the drinks, drinks. available on Amazon.com. <laughs> for pre-order. For pre-order. It's number one under alcohol and spirits and mixed cocktails. Sure is. Uh, there, see? That's how you plug things, buddy. That's how you plug things. <laughs> yeah, not uh, so, yeah, awkward so, at all. But, but seriously, yeah, I tried to make it extra awkward for you. Uh, but seriously, uh, we, we've talked off the air uh, over the past couple weeks. That's why I went over to check out Liquor Lab. It's a beautiful facility. I'm going to maybe do a class over there that will involve a copy of my book coming with the class, and we'll do some cocktails out of the book, and we'll talk about how it is I see the world of cocktails and and that'll be like, I guess if you've got your, if you're starting to structure your 101, 201, whatever, that'll be an elective. Yeah. If <laughs> you, uh, right? Because I'll you be off the rails. Yeah. If you want Southern and I to come on, uh, do a class on how to bore the hell out of your guests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can, we're <laughs> available for that. We can certainly do that. We can, we can come up with all kinds uh, of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the great thing. It's so flexible, right? If uh, I'm certain that, that people approach you and say, hey, those classes you got look great, but my team wants to learn about, I don't know. Absolutely. We Micheladas. Had, we had, Can you do a Michelada class for us? Yeah, sure. And you'll totally we bang you. that we shit had, out. We had a really cool request, which which I was really happy about, is someone, a law firm wrote in and was like, we really like martinis. Can we do a martini class? And I was like, uh, sure. And they're like, great. We drink. We usually drink gin, martinis, whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, okay, that's great. My instinct you was when somebody, vodka, yeah. when a law firm says, we like martinis, and I'm like, which kind? Apple uh, or, oh or peach? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <Espresso>. but I, <laughs> Right. Espresso martinis are great. <laughs> The second time you ride on espresso martinis, like, oh, <laughs> hey, man, Dick Bradsell. I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I think I'm doing a treacle riff for a uh, for a, an apple cider class we have coming up. Cool um, cider, hard yeah. cider. Yep, we're doing it with sparkling hard cider made here in New York. Um, like I said, we do all kinds of fun stuff. We also outside of the the classes that are on the website, we also do a lot of private and corporate events as well, which is kind of takes up the majority of our weekdays, uh, and then the weekends we we reserve for public. How many classes? How many, you have classes on Thursday, Friday, Saturday every week? Uh, and unless, Sunday? Unless there's a, a book out or something. Yeah, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sundays we leave we leave for recovering from our hangovers. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, meet me at Bargoto. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I'm there every Sunday. I call it church. Nice. If I'm in town and not working, I'm at Bargoto. Yeah, man. Uh, the only bar I can recommend people celery. go to and eat celery. 
Yeah. <laughs> the best bar People snack. People are like, what are you talking about? I, I used, like, go I used, get the celery. I used to say I thought the celery was the best bar snack in New York. I, I, addended the, I, 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 I edited that to say, I think it's the best bar snack I've ever had. Like it, is, yeah. it meets all the requirements for a bar snack with one glaring omission, but that's the omission you want it to have, right? It's crunchy. It's savory. It's salty. It's juicy. It's not fried. Not yep, fried. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's this great... Raw, so I can't. You have to go there to get it. Yeah, I can't. Also, don't can't, can't don't pass it. on the okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Sarkis. Let's go there after this. I mean, I gotta go to work. I don't. Whatever. All do I do work? is work. I don't work. <laughs> Damon, I do radio. Damon is a man of leisure. <laughs> I talk uh, about work, but I don't do a lot of it. That's not true at all. Uh, you do quite a lot of work. Um, so Freddie Sarkis, Liquor Lab. LiquorLaboratory.com. You got any other uh, things you want to play? You got a s- Instagram or anything like that? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is is Freddie Sarkis twenty three. It's with an IE, like Freddie Mercury. Um, oh my God, <laughs> are you excited for that movie? Very. I saw hey, I saw the trailer last week right before we went off to Cleveland. Oh my gosh, I'm a big fan of Queen. I'm so excited for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's all get a flask and go see that movie when it I comes mean, out. I mean, heck yeah, the pineapple rum. Ooh, <laughs> I can keep yourself alive. That. Man, <laughs> they call me cool, Mr. Man. Fahrenheit. Uh, well, that's great, man. This has so, been a really fun show today. And uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, so we had to do a little shuffling because it's summertime and everybody has to travel and jump like that. It's all good. Um, so coming up next week, Rob Morton is going to be here to talk about uh, uh, his bar, Voltaire. And he's got a new bar that he wants to talk about that he just uh, um, signed the lease on that's down in the Carolinas. So we'll talk about that while he's here, too. Uh, he said it's, I think, 6,500 square feet. <laughs> I don't even understand that number. It's uh, <laughs> too many numbers. That's a lot of number. Uh, Charlotte Wassey going to come be on the show and talk to us all about all things that she does, traveling the world and teaching people about drinking. Um, uh, Amy Zavato, who was supposed to be today, but she had to travel, so we switched with Freddie. So uh, Amy Zavato is taking your slot on the 22nd. Um, and then uh, it's summertime. I don't know. we got some things coming up. Karen Newman with her new book, Nightcap. Uh, oh, uh, Chris Hanna and Nick Dietrich are coming up from New Orleans, and they're going to do a, a guest shift, a pop-up, or a takeover, whatever you want to call it, over at Blue Quarter and uh, for their newest bar. They've already got Manolito that was open. I hope you got to go there while we were in New Orleans, did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah adorable bar. Yeah. Uh, now they're opening another bar called Jewel. Uh, Hanna is leaving Arno's. He's been there for 14 years. I know. It's crazy. So he's leaving Arno's to go work with Nick on this new place. So they're going to come do a pop-up at, at Blue Quarter and then be on the show. It's going to be amazing. Heck yeah. That's what I got. I'm going to miss the show on the 22nd. I'll be down at Camp Runamuck. Son of a bitch. But uh, this weekend, uh, I'll be down in Washington, D.C. for Our nation's capital. Our nation's capital. Um, there is the uh, the big, you know, the Jen Ricky is like, uh-huh. like that's the, the drink of D.C. It is. I don't know how that started, but that's what the drink is. There. Which is the gimlet with lime juice and no sugar. Exactly. And then a little sip. And some bubbles. Yeah. Yep. Are you gonna are you gonna be hanging out with Derek Brown? Isn't he like sort of like the spearhead of that? Yeah, m- I'm gonna movement? get yeah, I'm hanging out down there with a bunch of people, uh, you know, all all the DC folks. Uh it's uh it's at the Jack Rose on Sunday, early afternoon. I think it starts at noon or something like that. Crazy early. Stupid. Crazy um, early noon. <laughs> Uh, they added, well, they, they wanted early. to start it at nine, but then uh, they wanted you know to wait for people to get out of church. Um, so it's uh, it's sponsored by the DC Craft Bartenders Guild uh, at Jack Rose. So if you're in DC or going to be there, 
uh, please come and hang out at it. And uh, you going down? This for, is this Brooklyn Gin? Well, I'll be. I, I mean, I work for Brooklyn Gin. I, know. I will be. I will be definitely hanging out, popping around to visit some accounts. Definitely hanging out at Deck Brown. Uh, going to pop around uh, to all the DC spots, man. Red. Yeah. Take yeah. a zoom. I will. You should. Yeah. Grab some audio and uh, yeah, should be cool. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, hey, for now, uh, uh, I guess it's the first, so we're past our uh, fun drive. Matt, do you know if we reached our goal? Um, good answer. No, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, or you, or you, or, uh, or no? No, I don't know. I know nothing. I know nothing. Well, if you don't know, now you know. Um, <laughs> I'll read the thing again anyway. Our annual summer fun drive ended yesterday, but we were trying to raise twenty-five grand before July thirty-first. I don't know if we met the goal or not. We were out of town. Um, either way, you can always donate. To Heritage Radio Network at heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beating heart to donate. Uh, there's options for you to donate to specific shows. There's also an option that'll just take a small donation from you monthly, as low as $5. Uh, and then you get some cool perks and uh, you help support our show and other shows just like us. So do that and uh, I don't know, enjoy the rest of your day. Heck yeah. And also, uh, please do reach out to us on oh, yeah. Speakeasy Podcast, uh, which is our Instagram, Speakeasy Radio, which is our Twitter. Uh, hit us up with any questions, or if you want to swing by the studio and hang out while we record, you're more than welcome to do so. Man, we'd love that. Um, until next week, y'all. Cheers. Cheers, team. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.